Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brett Bowe wrap up their discussion on the three ecumenical creeds. Welcome to Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. Good to see you again, Brett. Yes, you as well. You as well. And uh, this is uh, kind of a fun episode. We're uh, coming to the end of... Well, I should say they're all fun, right? Uh, but they, We hope so. We hope so. Anyway, <laughs> Not for us to determine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been fun for us to, uh, to do this together. And uh, so... Uh, we've kind of come to a point where we've had a few episodes now, and uh, we've talked about the three ecumenical creeds. And uh, so, yeah, we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, we've covered a lot of uh, material here, looking at uh, all three of the creeds. And uh, so what we'd like to do today is is kind of wrap up and give a summary and give some pastoral thoughts, some thoughts of, of what it, the importance of these creeds to the Christian faith and the Christian life. And so uh, that's that's where we're going to be going today, Jason. Yeah, we want to make sure that in all of this, that what we're doing is not merely an information dump. Right. Uh, if the end of what we're doing is kind of the confessional equivalent of Bible trivia, mm-hmm. uh, this isn't going to be valuable for anyone to participate. And you, know, you I, and Brian are going to be wasting our times mm-hmm. in, in, in recording it. Uh, you know, where we stand now in the material as it was originally delivered in mm-hmm. my adult Sunday school class here at sure. Faith, this is the end of the first unit. Yeah. Uh, we've introduced the concept of a confession, the purpose of a confession, the need for a mm-hmm. confession. And then we've, we, we've given the three best abbreviated confessions that we have in the creeds. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, from a church history perspective, we've covered 1,500 years. Yeah. Uh, wow. the, the, the church operated uh, under mostly the creeds as well as the ruling of the ecumenical councils mm-hmm. uh, until the Reformation. Mm-hmm. And uh, where we're at now as, as we you know, move forward from here is going to be Reformation theology as mm-hmm. Luther writes his catechisms, as the Lutherans define who they are for the yeah. first time with the Augsburg Confession and defend that with the apology to the Augsburg Confession. Uh, then Luther supports the theology of the Augsburg Confession in his own writing with the small called articles. Uh, Appended to that is Melanchthon's writing on the treatise of the power and primacy of the Pope. And then the Book of Concord concludes with the formula of Concord where the Lutherans after Luther's Mm -hmm. death make their stand and say, yes, this is still who we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, in reality, looking at our Lutheran identities as pastors and Christians, Mm -hmm. uh, that foundation can't be laid without the three ecumenical creeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so wonderful. And you know, as I think about this, and you know, initially, Jason, this a lot of this material is coming from your uh, your Sunday school class. And I guess as we start to kind of summarize this, you know, do you remember when you were first teaching this and and kind of fleshing this out? Um, did the did your Sunday school class people have any? Um, thoughts or any comments at this stage of of uh, talking through all of this material? Yeah, there was a lot of interaction, especially on the practicality of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that's uh, really unfortunate in American Christianity that the Trinity is so widely neglected. I mean, we we have on the one end of the the spectrum, we're still struggling in 
American Christianity. I say that with air quotes mm-hmm. uh, uh, here in America because you have the Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. and Mormons trying to kind of brand themselves as denominations within Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have... Like T.D. T. Uh, T. Jakes. T.D. Jakes, Oneness yeah. Pentecostals mm-hmm. is another anti-Trinitarian heresy going on right now. Uh, and on the other side, it's not outright rejection, it's just neglect. Right. Uh, and I mean, I don't mean to be mean in saying this, but the dumbing down of American Christianity should be a major concern for mm-hmm. us. Uh, it's good that we have a desire to be practical. Yeah. We want our faith to impact every part of our lives because it does. At the same time, though, practicality does not mean abandonment of confession, abandonment of doctrine. Mm-hmm. And in fact, our faith can't That's be right. practical unless it's an orthodox faith, unless it's a biblical faith. Right. And, you know, especially the doctrine of the Trinity, if, 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 there, if there's any teaching that feels like uh, it's, it's the one that most is... Most that where people say, yeah, I believe that, uh, but then they kind of throw it in the closet and forget about it. Um, it feels like the Trinity would be maybe the most uh, often uh, offended one yeah. <laughs> in terms of that uh, type of thing. And uh, what do you think are, are ways we can bring the Trinity um, more in the forefront of our Christian life? I think, first of all, you and I as pastors need to be doing a better job of teaching about the Trinity. Mm-hmm. When we preach and there is a Trinitarian phrase or, or passage, mm-hmm. it needs to be brought up as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the application of the Trinity, again, we connected last week, uh, one of Athanasius's great work in the church was to connect the teaching of the Trinity to the teaching of redemption mm-hmm. and how that's important. If you get to redemption... In any doctrine, it instantly becomes practical. Mm-hmm. And this is the value of Lutheran theology. The center of all Lutheran theology yep. is the cross. Uh, and so you want to uh, get there. You want to show how this impacts our salvation, how we are either responding to our salvation or being ushered to salvation by the law mm-hmm. or, or whatever the case might be. And, and the Trinity is just so intimately tied to our salvation that we need as pastors mm-hmm. co- to connect that so that we as Christians can appreciate that. Sure. So, so as a pastor... As we're preparing sermons and Bible studies uh, to be kind of like how we're looking for law and gospel themes in, in text uh, to pull out the the Trinity more often um, in our, our preaching and teaching. Um, good, yeah. You know, I, I'm just trying to think through you know my life as a pastor and you know what are ways that I could um, talk about the Trinity more often or make that more of an emphasis. Um, certainly, um, by confessing these creeds in church week by week. Um, I don't know if you've ever been tempted to to say, you know, uh, let's maybe we don't have to do the creeds or don't have to confess them um, week by week. Um, I, I, I guess I've always felt that they're so important that we should have them um, in church. But, you know, sadly in our, in churches, uh, many, many churches don't confess out loud together um, the the creeds and so that's I guess that's one practice in the church that we could uh, keep uh, emphasizing and you know pastorally speaking we could may, maybe offer a few comments before or after um, to add to the teaching of of that and the impression of that on the hearts of the people yeah one of the 
the, the disadvantages of being a 21st section, century Christian is that uh, we have this absolute disdain for rote, mm-hmm. for repetition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that maybe is an honest concern that the information we communicate uh, would not be common or, or lose value. I can see that objection, uh, but that's not the fault of the information. Mm-hmm. That's not the fault of the, the thing being confessed. Mm-hmm. That's on us to think about it. Um, you know, I, I have been tempted at times, you know, to, to change up the service, but, uh, it's funny, the thing that keeps me maintaining a consistent liturgy at faith is actually a book that was written a couple hundred years ago, uh, by a a Swedish pastor named Bo Geertz Mm -hmm. wrote the hammer of God and the hammer of God. Well, that's, that's not 200 years ago. One of the novellas was 200 years ago. Bo Gertz lived at the beginning of the, first, uh, of the 20th century. Uh, that, that's a, a misspeak by me. But his, his novel, The Hammer of God, uh, has three novellas from different time periods. And the, mm-hmm. the first novella is from about 200 years ago. In the middle novella, I can't remember exactly. I think it's like the mid-1800s. Uh, and, and then the last one for his time was a modern one at uh, you know kind of the beginning or middle of the 20th century. But that middle novella uh, involves a pastor who who wants to be super spiritual, mm-hmm. a pastor who has no time for the liturgy. And uh, he goes through this very difficult time, a difficult experience being a pastor in his parish in rural Sweden. And at the end of the book, it's just stunning that this pastor is spent. Mm-hmm. No emotion, no energy left, and he has to lead a worship service. And all he has left is the liturgy, mm-hmm. is, is the forms and the rites and the creeds that are confessed, and then he appreciates it. Mm-hmm. Then he gets it. And it's this emphasis in worship that we're not bringing our own efforts to the table to impress God, mm-hmm. but that he's delivering his gifts to us in the worship service. And, and uh, you know, we also need to be careful. The order of worship mm-hmm. is adiaphora. Right. It, it is open. Uh, it is not prescribed in Scripture. Now, when we say something is adiaphora, we don't mean that it's unimportant, mm-hmm. but that, you know, First John doesn't have 10 verses saying this, 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 this in that order. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. But God in Scripture has given us a pattern for worship, uh, and that is to receive his gifts. The worship of God is to be redeemed, to mm-hmm. have faith in him is to worship God. And we want the parts of the worship service uh, to point to that, to mm-hmm. deliver those things. And so one, you know, you brought up a great question. How do we do it as pastors? I, as a pastor, at least once a month, either in Sunday school or in the sermon, am highlighting the parts of our worship service mm-hmm. in, in demonstrating how they deliver Christ, how mm-hmm. they deliver the gifts of God. And if I'm not doing the whole thing, I'm doing a certain element and saying, this is why we confess our sins corporately, mm-hmm. or this is what the benediction does for us, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, if pastors would focus on that, it would be to the great benefit of their congregations. Yeah. Yep. And and I think that that would help the average churchgoer on the other side of things uh, be uh, receiving or receptive to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I guess I part of me as we talk here, I, I'm trying to imagine just an average church member um, sitting in front of me and and trying to encourage them, um, thinking of the three creeds and uh, thinking of 
of uh, these things. And uh, I'm just trying to think of what, what they would need to hear from us in terms of, of appreciating the creeds, uh, holding to them, of believing and trusting in the truths of Scripture that are contained and faithfully and very well expressed in them. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, the one thing I would say as I think about this today is is to read them, to read them over and over again. Um, I, you know, I, I think of our church constitutions, you know, they say, you know, we believe, you know, or even like a statement of faith of mm-hmm. our churches, you know, we believe that in the three, three ecumenical creeds are faithful um, uh, representation of the truth. Or I can't remember exactly how it's worded um, in our, our particular constitution, but, um, you know, thinking of people that are becoming a new member of our church, they might read that once and then maybe never read it again, especially the Athanasian Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, to, to keep reading that and be more familiar with that, studying them, I don't know, would you, how would you add to that? Yeah, we would recognize that not uh, every Christian is consumed with the pursuit of theology, like maybe you and I are. Sure. Right? A vast majority of the podcasts I listen to are, are, are theological and, and, and even Lutheran podcasts. Uh, but one thing we ought to make clear is that when we discuss our perspective as pastors, we're not presenting ourselves as a different class mm-hmm. of Christian, just with a different vocation, right. uh, is that you know our vocations are wrapped up in the work of the church to, to serve the church, to deliver the gospel. But uh, I think when we think about you and I as pastors, we're still members of the Christian church. Mm-hmm. We're still Christians. For me, uh, and this ties directly into my testimony from episode one, mm-hmm. the value of the creed's all lies in the assurance of salvation, mm-hmm. the, the, the knowing for certain that I am saved. Uh, my whole Christian life boils down to me knowing at any given point in my life that I'm going to heaven when I die, mm-hmm. that I am saved, that I'm adopted child of God, and I must at all points filter everything that happens in my life through that lens. Mm-hmm. When I go through a trial, I had to bring my Jeep into the shop yesterday because it wasn't starting right, you know, and, and suddenly my family of five kids mm-hmm. and my, my wife and I are down to one vehicle. That's hard to deal with. And I'm frustrated and I'm, I'm tired with what's going on in church and stuff mm-hmm. to, to remind myself that my performance or my joy during my performance is not the measure of how I'm doing with God, mm-hmm. that the measure of how I'm doing with God is God himself in my place on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. This is what the creeds deliver to me in a very succinct manner, in a very direct manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, it, the height of that, the apex of that, of course, is the person of Jesus Christ, Jesus yeah. being fully God and fully man. But when you think about it, every article of the creed, every person of the Trinity mm-hmm. uh, delivers that assurance to us. You know, we talk about God the creator. Well, what does creation have to do with salvation? You know, God sustains us. He provides for us on a daily basis. Uh, he cares for us even as we suffer. But one of the great Great announcements to us that is if God is creator and Genesis demonstrates to us that God creates out of nothing, mm-hmm. what that means is that we can be certain that God creates our faith in him out of nothing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, the teaching of the church. We don't bring anything to the table for our salvation. And we're, we're dead. We're corpses. We're, we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2, 1. But God creates faith in us out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And the evidence that he can do that, that he doesn't need my help, is Genesis 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings us to Christ for the assurance of my salvation. You know, we'll cover when we get into the, the catechisms, the third mm-hmm. article creed. I believe that by my own reason or strength, I cannot believe, but that the Holy Spirit has called me, has enlightened me with the gospel, so on and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, that I have faith certainly because of the message God delivers to me through the Holy Spirit and his word. Mm -hmm. And so as I think about my life as a Christian, it's all about, can I know that God has saved me? Can Mm -hmm. I know that in spite of how I feel, can I know that in the midst of being ashamed of my sin, that I'm under conviction? Can I know that uh, if some tragedy befalls me or my family, that this isn't, uh, a commentary on how God thinks of me, that he's not punishing me, but God at all times thinks of me through the lens of his son on the cross in my place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, uh, Steph. And uh, you've really hit the nail on the head there uh, dealing with our faith and, and what God has done for us. And uh, we're so great grateful to God for that. And so uh, what you just said is, is life-giving. It, it's... Um, it's refreshing uh, to know that truth and to cling to that truth uh, by grace and through faith uh, day by day, uh, week by week. You know, these creeds most often pop up in congregational life. And, um, and so these are the truths that bind us together as mm-hmm. believers in Christ. And um, yeah, any, any other thoughts about um, how to not, or how to keep, uh, their, maybe their recitations of the creeds, um, how to keep it fresh or keep it uh, not robotic. I, I know you said it's, it's not the problem of the creeds, it's, it's our problem. Um, how can we repent? And uh... <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's always interesting, the, the how do we repent? You know, kind of the message of Scripture <laughs> is simply to repent. Remember? Sure. Contrition yep. and faith is repentance. Uh, you know, one of the things... I think we can teach with with the value of repeating the creeds is mm-hmm. for when we don't know what to do or mm-hmm. what to say. Uh, you know, I have people come to me, Pastor, I don't know what to pray. I'm mm-hmm. just too tired to pray. I don't know how to pray. There's so much things going on in my life. When they say that, I say, pray the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Just let the words sink in. Yep. When I don't know what to confess, I don't know what I believe about God. I'm confused. Yep. You talk to someone who maybe has just lost a job or lost a loved one or, or some other time. I don't even know what I believe, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Confess the creed. That's what you believe. You've stated yeah. it before. This is still what you believe, and you will find comfort. Yep. In the creed, because the creed is describing not your activity that you've done either well or not well enough. The creed is describing the activity of God for you. Mm -hmm. God creates for you. God redeems you. God sanctifies you. Mm -hmm. And and, in the creeds, all of them are structured like that. You know, you, 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 the simplicity of the the Apostles' Creed uh, is structured for you. The, the, the greater detail of the Nicene Creed structured in exactly the same way. And, and even the, the, the laid out, fleshed out theology of the Athanasian Creed is still for you. That mm-hmm. there is three persons and one God, one God and three persons. And this God of the universe has deigned to love you, to pursue you, mm-hmm. to uh, redeem you. 
to adopt you. And, and that's the magnificence of repeating the creeds. Yeah, awesome. And uh, I, I think the next time we all are in church reciting the creed or even thinking about that, uh, those truths will will uh, renew us and refresh us as we dwell upon uh, God's great work for us and, and the good news of, of Jesus Christ. Um, and so this has been good. Any other closing thoughts as we summarize and wrap up uh, this time together? Yeah, one other thing I'd like to add to that is as you confess the creeds, as you, you think about them, the one other bit of comfort and, and joy and delight is that when you confess the creed, you are confessing with Christians for all time mm-hmm. and in all places. In fact, I use that transition statement yeah. uh, as I move from element to element in the service. I, I start, introduce the creed saying, it is with great joy and delight that we join together now with the church for all time mm-hmm. and in all places to confess confess our holy Christian faith. This morning we used the words of the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. And uh, uh, another great example delivered by the most simple statements of faith that we have, Mm -hmm. that the doctrine, the truth of Scripture unites. It doesn't divide, it unites. And Mm -hmm. this is the importance of studying it, of knowing it, of talking about it, of listening to it, and of confessing it. Yes. Amen. Amen to that. Um, And so uh, we've We've wrapped up here talking about the three ecumenical creeds. And uh, as we move on from here, we're going to be getting into the Luther's small catechism. Yep, small and large catechism. Yes. We're going to study the structure of the small catechism and use the large catechism as the commentary on the small catechism. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, we're looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to uh, next time, Jason, as we get together, and Brian, too. And uh, so uh, thank you for listening. And uh, any other closing thoughts here? No, we really appreciate it. Uh, quick reminder that you can find us on iTunes, as well as subscribe to the podcast at beinglutheran.com. Hi, and thank you for joining us on Being Lutheran. Please join us next time when Pastor Brett and Pastor Jason continue their discussion on the Lutheran Confessions.